I think it's fair to say that New York is probably going to have one of the most competitive markets uh, in the country. Uh, there are only a couple of other states. Well, there's only one other state that has a two-tier market like we do, which is Washington State and some and some provinces up in Canada. Hi, this is Neil, and it's time for a special bonus edition of Cannabis Daily. On November the 3rd, over 400 industry leaders, investors, and policymakers gathered at the New York Academy of Medicine to discuss the future of the New York cannabis market. Here is one of the speakers at that event. Our next panelist, ladies and gentlemen, is someone that has spearheaded the MRTA. And very frankly, it's possible that without him, the cannabis would still be legal in New York State. He has been imperative to the amazing progressive MRTA that we see today. It's somebody that I look up to and is an unsung hero in this whole fight for legalization. Axel Bernami, the chief of staff and senior policy director of the OCM has really legislated and contained in the MRTA. It's my pleasure to consider him and honor to present him. Let's give a real round of applause for Axel as he fills us in about regulator issues that are in the works currently. Hello, good morning. It's an honor to be here and especially an honor to follow such a distinguished panel uh, that went before us. My, my uh, role here today is to go into a little bit more detail on some of the regulatory work we're undertaking at the office. But uh, before I do so, I do want to thank the, the folks that have made legalization possible in, in, in New York. Uh, two, of the, two of the people that have really spearheaded it were on the panel a second ago. Uh, they don't need an introduction, but the majority leader, uh, Crystal People Stokes, not only is, is the majority leader the cornerstone of, of the legalization movement here in the state, but it's the vision that made it into the MRTA, which we are tasked at the OCM to implement. That is really what what we are doing, what we are talking about in the next uh, in the next few minutes here. Uh, the governor, Kathy Hochul, has been unwavering in her support of the office in providing resources and direction uh, right out of the gate upon getting, uh, uh, you know, upon taking taking the office. She supported us and got us started. And then, of course, uh, our chairwoman, Tremaine Wright, who has been spearheading the board and helping us implement this program as well. So we stand on their shoulders and we work with them to try to do this uh, at the office every day. So I was going to talk about two quick, uh, two quick topics. I don't have a lot of time up here, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the timeline and the updates on what we've been doing at the office and then also talk a little bit about the two-tier system and the true parties of interest, which sounds very wonky, but is actually very relevant to investment in the New York market. And it's a really d- a direct consequence of the vision uh, of the majority leader and the legislature in passing the MRTA. So it's a, it's a real important piece. But just, just starting with the timeline to how we got here, I think it's important to remember that uh, the governor appointed the Cannabis Control Board and uh, us at the office almost exactly a year ago. Uh, it's been just a little over 12 months. So in the 12 months, sort of what have we been able to achieve at the office? I think if you look back in 12 months, we've, you know, we've issued over a dozen packages of regulations and guidance. We've expanded the medical program. We've regulated the cannabinoid health program. We've issued regulations on packaging and labeling. We've issued regulations on marketing. We've reformed and expanded the lab sector. We've opened application for labs to expand labs and lab capacity in the state. We've issued regulation and guidance for cultivators 
for processors and for retailers. At the same time, we were creating an office. So we're now pushing 150 FDEs. We have a clinical department. We have an economic development department. We have uh, operations with licensing and compliance and enforcement. Um, we have Degit, some of the team members that are here. We have an incredible team. All that, that was happening during the same 12 months. And most importantly, during that 12-month period, we licensed 262 cultivators, 25 processors, and are about to license 100 to 175 uh, conditional retail dispensaries. So... I think it's incredible that by the end of the year, as, as the chairwoman said, in 15 months, we will have established the supply chain. And the supply chain was built, again, on the vision of equity first, supported by small farmers and processors and retailed by uh, social equity retail applicants. That, that supply chain will form the backbone of what we're going to build on top of it, which is the broader licensing. So that, that's the vision. It's essentially build a progressive uh, equity-driven supply chain and then layer on top a broader opportunity for everybody else. So those were the first 15 months. So where are we today, or 12 months? Um, well, in terms of the next steps, uh, our next board meeting uh, will be on November 21st, and that's when we will present to the chair and the other board members uh, a couple of uh, important pieces of information. We are in a position as an office to be recommending our first card uh, dispensary winners. So we've been taking in applications and we've scored those applications. It's not going to be all the 150, but it will be the top class. And we will be uh, recommending that they be approved for license. The moment that that happens, then we will be assisting them as much as possible to find an office, uh, open a, a dispensary and start essentially uh, dispensing the estimated 200,000 pounds of product and several hundred product lines that we uh, we are seeing coming out of our conditional growers and processors. Um, the, the winners that we're going to be announcing include uh, justice-involved individuals that have a qualifying business. That was the category that the chairwoman uh, described. Uh, and it will also include non-for-profits that, that, that we also opened up to, which, which is very exciting uh, and I think unique in the country. So we're, we're very excited about that. We also expect soon to be uh, presenting what we've been calling a, uh, our master reg package, which I know a lot of folks have been waiting for, for public comment. If that will go to the board. They will vote on that. It will go out for public comment. And that's, the, that's the, the regulatory package that essentially lays out all the different classes of licenses, all the nine licenses under the MRTA or cannabis law. And the licensing criteria, the, the environmental plan, the social equity plan, all, all that will be in this for public comment and will put us on track to open licensing, the general licensing in the middle of next year. So we're very, very excited about that. And that's coming right now. So that was an update in terms of regulatory matters. Now, if you'll bear with me, I do want to talk very briefly about our two-tier market because that's that's something that is very pertinent right now that we are about to have a full supply chain. So, and I know there are a lot of investors in the in the in the audience, and I think it's really important to understand what we're talking about. So, the vision that we've been saying the MRTA or the cannabis law, now known as the cannabis law, mandates a two-tier system, and that two-tier system is really anchored in the same philosophy and in the same law and regulation as the alcohol beverage control uh, law. Um, and there are important consequences to, to, to a two-tier system. We, we call it at the office when we discuss it, the market architecture. How do you set up a system that's two-tier and what does it mean in practice? Well, a two-tier system really is aimed at, first and foremost, creating a competitive and fair market. So the small businesses that we were talking about that are more accessible to equity applicants, that's what a two-tier market is designed to achieve. It's designed to provide better quality products and a broader range of brands. 
it's designed to generate more innovation in product types and in brands. Uh, and most importantly, it provides better access for folks because it's focused on small and medium-sized enterprises. Um, the two-tier market also has a public health component to it. Uh, under the alcohol model, you might have heard of Tide House prohibitions. The idea that a large supplier would also own a retail distributor and be able to push through, like an Anheuser-Busch, to the chair's po uh, point, be able to push through an Anheuser-Busch uh, retailer was, was deemed to be and, and has public health implications. So a two-tier system prohibits that two-tier that, that, that sort of crossover from the supply tier into the vertical tier. So what does that mean in practice? I think in practice, when we think of the alcohol model, when we think of cannabis in New York and the state of New York, we should be thinking about wine stores. You should be thinking of essentially um, an independent retail tier, a tier of sort of small, medium-sized businesses, mom and pop stores. We allow you know more than one, but up to three maximum. But these are independent stores that will judge the value of a brand and a supplier on the basis of that product's quality and innovation or on the basis of what consumers want, not on the basis of the supplier's ability to pay for shelf space, provide terms or provide discounts. That's not how you're gonna make it on the shelves in New York. The law requires you to avoid any undue influence, provide any benefit to a retailer that would influence their ability or their decision to carry your brand. So it is a truly competitive market where every brand, no matter what your size, no matter where you come from in the world, has the equal opportunity to come in and to pitch New York retailers that are an independent tier and they will sort of be the market makers, which is a fascinating concept if you think about it in one of the potentially largest markets in the world that you would have a tier uh, and one, one, frankly, a brand making market in, in that, that would have the ability to make these brands autonomously of financial considerations and financial pressure. So I think it's important to think about that in those terms. There's you know no owning the bar in, in New York. So, uh, Really quickly, and I don't know, yeah, I'm running out of time, I can see, but uh, there's been a lot of talk of true parties of interest, and, and I want to talk about well, what that is and, and, and how it flows from the two-tier market. The true party of interest in a two-tier market, for the state to make sure that nobody is actually owning both the supply tier and the retail tier, we ask every operator, every retailer, and every grower, and every distributor to tell us all the parties that are invested in and involved in that operation. We ask you to reveal all the true parties of interest. Anybody that has ownership or significant investment in or is entitled to 10% more revenue or net profits, we have an equation we can talk about, has to be disclosed on the license so that we can make sure that there is nobody that has a cultivation site that also indirectly through another entity owns, for example, a retailer. So, um, so uh, the, reason, the reason this is important is because we're about to announce our card winners. And so part of the reason I'm here is to make sure that everybody understands that as we get geared up in New York and as investment money comes in, you have to be very mindful of these TPI rules. You have to be very careful about how you invest and who you invest in. So you can't be investing across tiers if you're an operator in one tier. You can't be trying to influence this retail tier, as I was saying. So for our card operators, it's an opportunity to attract capital in the, in, the, in the retail tier, it's, uh, as, as was mentioned previously, we have a fund. That fund is designed to help the, 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 uh, the retail tier uh, be successful. The retail tier is, in fact, a very interesting tier to be in. If you think about it, we have 
For now, we're rolling out a limited number of dispensaries. They're going to be located in some price prime locations. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be setting brands. They're going to be choosing those brands autonomously. They're not going to be influenced. And those are going to be profitable businesses. Those are very interesting investments, at least in our opinion. And we want to keep them that way. But you're going to have to pick. If you come into New York, you're going to have to pick which tier you want to work on, unless you want to be a third-party financier or landlord that has no TPI interest in either side of the tiers. So that's a lot. And I'm running out of time, and I know it's 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 pretty wonky stuff, so I apologize. But that's sort of my job, uh, and we really are we couldn't be more excited to be rolling out this program and having these 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 first dispensaries. We think it's going to be really uh, incredible. We talk to growers and processors every day that are preparing really incredible products, and I know outdoor flower gets gets a bad rap, but some of the stuff we've been seeing coming out of our conditional cultivators is really quite impressive uh, and we're really excited about products being on the shelves before uh, before New Year's Eve, which is our goal. So to close out, I think it's fair to say that New York is probably going to have one of the most competitive markets uh, in the country. Uh, there are only a couple of other states, well there's only one other state that has a two-tier market like we do, which is Washington State and some, and some provinces up in Canada. But it's going to be really exciting to watch these card retailers really start to have an opportunity to to develop and discover new brands, new brands from all over the country. So the, the two-tier system to wrap up from the cannabis law is really gonna ensure that there's a fair market, it's gonna ensure that there's a diverse market, an innovative market, and a safe market. Those, those, those are our goals, and, and we think that we get there through the leadership and the vision of the MRTA, and that's what we're here to implement. So uh, look forward to helping the industry grow in New York. We are very much pro-investment uh, here, and we're just providing the guardrails around and the rules of the road for folks uh, to be investing uh, to make it a very competitive market. So that about sums it up, although someone just added time on my clock, but uh, uh, I think I'm all done. So thank you very much for your time.